this just in. Hello and welcome to the 250, your weekly IMDb Top 250 Movies of All Time podcast. I'm Darren. I'm Andrew. I'm Grace. I'm Graham. And today we're talking about a late, the latest entry on the list, which is uh, Park Chan-wook's uh, The Handmaiden, or Agassi as it is known in South Korea. Um, it recently came into the list. It came in at 250 uh, with 40,000 votes. It's actually climbed since then. It was up to uh, 248 uh, yesterday. It's up to 247 today. Um, it's been out about a year. It was uh, premiered, I think, at Cannes last year. Uh, got a wide release in the States in October last year. Got released here April this year-ish, I think. And it's recently released in home video, so we can actually talk about it. It's great. It's mm. not one of those films like Your Name, which shot onto the list and is completely unavailable in the Western world. Um, so it's always good that we can see the movies that we're talking yeah. about here. Uh, myself and Andrew are actually joined by two guests, two previous guests who've been on the podcast before. So we've got Grace Duffy joining us, who talked to us about uh, Get Out. Um, something for Andrew. How are you, Grace? Hello. <laughs> <laughs> <All right>. uh, <laughs> and we've also got Graham, who talked to us about John Wick Chapter 2. Yep. Good afternoon. Thank you very much, Graham. <laughs> 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 Pleasure to meet you. Um, <laughs> again. Apparently, I'm running for Senate in a couple of years. Uh, so let's let's <laughs> talk You didn't ask me how I was. <laughs> I just take you for granted, Andrew. Oh, good day to you, sir. Present and accounted for. You watched a very romantic film. I thought there would be, you know... A bond. Yeah. yeah. All right, well, let's, let's talk about this, actually, because I think all, th- all four of us had seen the movie before mm. we watched it this morning. Now, myself, Andrew and Grace watched it together. Um, sorry, Graham watched it last night, yeah. I think, as well. Yeah, my girlfriend hadn't seen it yet. Okay, so you watched it with your girlfriend? I did. How was that? She liked it. All right. She thought it was, a, like, it... As a film, as the emotions and everything, it was quite potent. It was a, it was a very beautiful. She loved the mystery. She loved the. There were two moments where she had, she basically went, "What the f- going on?" Yeah. Because of several twists that happened in the film, she was actually very. She was so happy to be surprised. Yeah. Because there's a point in the film you think it's going to end on a very bittersweet moment, and then it keeps going, and she's like, "Oh my god, there's a part two. It is lots, lots of lots of twists and turns in it. I mean, yeah. we, we we always do the spoiler zone, and sometimes it's not so much a spoiler zone <laughs> as go away and watch the movie. It'll be it'll be better with knowing less. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but this movie is certainly <laughs> do not <laughs> listen not to this it. podcast <laughs> until you've seen the movie because right. um, it will ruin it. It um, will. It's a, it's a fantastically twisty, bendy story. It's fantastically yeah. well constructed. I mean, we had all seen it before we watched it for the podcast, so I think we had the experience of watching it twice, which yep. I think is interesting, which we'll probably talk a bit more in the spoiler zone. So, I mean, with that in mind, then, this sort of pre-spoiler zone section of the podcast will probably be a lot briefer than usual. I will just sort of ask then, so what are your initial impressions of the movie, and would you recommend that people watch it, and do you think it belongs on the IMDb's top 250 movies of all time? So we'll start with Graham, because he's looking most petrified. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, first off, yeah, I do believe that it Senator deserves Day. to be on the 250. <laughs> I totally think it believe, it, just, it should be on the 250. I had I had, didn't expect what I saw when I was going in. I didn't look into anything, so I had no idea. Like, afterwards, I was just like, oh, this is from the, the same director of Old Boy and that. It, I could feel that style yeah. uh, during the film. 
and I I couldn't believe like it, it's it's a it's a crime drama it's a it's an incredible romance it's um, a fantastic period piece as well it's actually. fantastic and also it's based on an English on a British novel yeah, on a British novel fingers it, the Japanese the Japanese sorry the Koreans are now tired of us doing their versions <laughs> they're now doing our versions and they're doing it far better. Yeah, it is an adaptation. Sarah Waters, yeah. her novel, it was from 2002, I believe, it mm. was adapted for the BBC by the Irish director Ashton Walsh, um, working with Sally Hawkins, I think, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is this is a Korean adaptation based upon yeah. that. We'll probably talk a bit more depth about what was changed and sort of how Park Chan-wok transitioned sort mm. of from the setting in England at the turn of the century, at the turn of the 19th century. To yeah, it's Victorian. 19, it was, yeah. yeah so. To 19 sort of 30s uh, Japanese occupied Korea, yeah. which you imagine most cases would be a pretty massive twist for a movie, but it seems to have gone quite well. And I think Sarah Waters herself has talked about it and been very happy with how it turned out. Yeah. Well, I'm, I mean, the the upset fascination from a certain point, like out um, after the the kind of isolationism of of Japan, the 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 fascination with. Western culture and with British culture specifically, oh, yeah. and the study of, kind of into the film. yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, so, so I mean, I mean, it, it's it's not it's not a completely incongruous kind of marriage to 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 bring one from the other, and then you have like Kazuo Ishiguro writing writing the remains of the day, yeah, where 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 you have a Japanese author telling a very British story, yeah, yeah, exactly. So like, I think the societies mirror each other though. Like Japanese society is very repressed in the same way I think Victorian England would have been. So mm-hmm. there's probably a lot of similarities there that they could they, draw upon. They they found a kindred bond. We <laughs> <laughs> bonded over our across the world. Yeah. yeah. Right. So Grace, what about you? Do did you enjoy the movie? Would you recommend it? And do you think it belongs on the top two hundred fifty movies of all time? Yeah, it definitely belongs in there. That list needs some serious <laughs> diversification. Uh, starting it with really films does. like this, yeah, yeah. but yeah, no, I I absolutely loved it. I thought like um, I think I, I wrote this on Twitter, but like I was about half an hour into it and thinking, man, like I thought Thirst was like the peak romance that I've ever seen, but I was absolutely dying watching this. It was like this beautiful. It's sublime. It's gorgeous. It's just yeah, it's a wonderful film, and I really think um, more people should watch it if they haven't seen it. It okay. is. Uh, well, it's, it's widely available. It's it's available. Amazon actually finances because we we talked about yeah, this. We were talking about um, we talked about was it Manchester by the Sea and uh, the distribution of it. So Amazon Studios actually have it. So it's ironic. It's available in the UK on Amazon Prime to stream. It's available in the US, I think, on Amazon Prime to stream. It's not available in Ireland on Amazon Prime for some reason to to stream. So I'd actually have to go out and buy the Curzon Artificial Eye DVD, which I'm not complaining about because I think it's a film worth having and owning. Yeah, I think you but, can you can rent it from Google. Yeah. yeah, you yeah. you can you can you can get one of those proxy uh, visible panty lines where where you, <laughs> where, you, where, you, where you where you can watch American Netflix. Um, I'm not sure that's the technical term. Am I thinking of VPL? Um, okay, sorry, I beg your pardon. Um, Is that a Freudian slip? Yeah, yeah. Andrews yeah. are very uh, are very I was wondering, Why is it called that? Yeah, don't run for senator. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Somehow this podcast will sort of come yeah. back and haunt you. Somehow I don't think this will be a uh, podcast. Come back ladies and gentlemen, the chairman for communications is <laughs> <laughs> approaching the podium. Let's but, talk a bit about the Facebooks. <laughs> <laughs> But I do, I do like that. Like this is a kind of film that does have, and it's had fun, a fantastic success both in terms of South Korea. Park Chan Wook has talked about it. he released an extended version of it, which we'll probably talk a little yeah. bit about because it, it was phenomenally successful there. It's built up a massive sort of cult of fans, yeah. a huge fan base. And I mean, even this film breaking onto the list uh, quite late, relatively speaking, uh, is in large part due to sort of a slow, sort of gradual grow. I mean, one of the things we talked about in the podcast is the tendency. 
of films to open big on the list, mm. where they're immediately released and you have the hype. And I mean, as we're recording this and we'll be releasing this today, we'll say Blade Runner 2046 would seem to have that around it now, but you had around, say, Dunkirk or La La Land, where a film comes into the list very high because everybody's really excited about it and then it drops quite quickly. Not War for the Planet of the Apes, though, that didn't even get into it. Yeah, Graham was Oh, so to... annoyed. Graham was hoping to record. Really? Yeah. <laughs> well, I bet him. I bet him. What was the bet? You owe me a milkshake. Yeah, but no, but I mean, like, what were the films? It was uh, Dunkirk and more yeah, Somehow yeah. you, you thought... I, I went for the underdog. Was so, there ever any doubt that Dunkirk would No, but I thought that the, I thought that War for Planet of the Apes. Where's, yeah. the, where's yeah. the milkshake, Senator? <laughs> <laughs> to be clear, you, you've made that bet with somebody who hosts a podcast on the list. I know! Okay, just so we're clear. Yeah, it was like taking a lollipop from a Dar- Japanese countess. All Darren had to do was pick up the phone to IMDb <laughs> and say, guys... I need, I need Dunkirk to come in high and I need to come in fast. I need a favor. Yeah. Yeah. I once came to you and said that you would owe me a favor. <laughs> well, that day has come. Yeah. But in terms of one of the things that's interesting about The Handmaiden, in contrast to what we're talking about, where it comes in here mm. and drops, is it's built up its support gradually, um, yeah. and it's it's climbing actually, which is quite impressive. Instead of coming in high and dropping out, it's it's coming low and it's it's going high, which is quite remarkable to see. And I think it's a testament to the film's appeal and its sort of like the fact that it wasn't just. Like, this is a film you can watch and you film you can rewatch, I think, as well. Yep. It, it definitely shows the appreciation at, of uh, film as an art. That this is it, this film exa- exemplifies that in the sense that people just heard about it and, uh, you know, people were talking about it and slowly but surely it's it's come into it. Yeah. And right. it's I, 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 it'll probably cap at a certain point and um, stay there. Stay, I suspect it'll stay around for a little while. Are, I mean, are, we, are we underestimating the... The, the broad appeal of, 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 of this movie. Okay, well, we'll talk about that. No one knows about that thing until it happens in the film, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh, I like this. So this your story, argument is that like... it's not successful because it's a work of art. You're right. <laughs> there are other reasons why. There may be other yeah. reasons. Yeah. Uh, uh, how, how, how do we estimate the... the how do you measure yeah, it? Considering we're, we're always kind of talking about how there's... There's very little diversity on the IMDb 250, and it's all males of a certain age. Yes, it is dominant. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Is there a reason that this was a South Korean film that made it in? I mean, because that is one of the things. One of the things that. We're being very cagey. We are being. Well, I don't know if Avengers being very cagey. You have There's to, a lot of mixed martial arts in this movie. That's, <laughs> that's why it's on the list. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, what it is, because Grace was on talking about Get Out, which was a film that came in around 227 but dropped out very quickly. Oh. Wonder Woman came in at around 227 and dropped out very quickly. Like, there is a sense that the list. As Grace pointed out, it's not a very diverse list. No. It is generally a bunch of films that men in their 30s remember from when they were kids. Yeah. There's a lot mm. of Tarantino in there. There's a lot of <coughs> Nolan in there. And I mean, I love Tarantino and Nolan, mm. but the list is not as diverse and representative as the art form that it claims to encapsulate, I think. Yeah. Are there any films with like, female directors in that, in the 250? Because I've never, I never really looked but at Captain the 250. Captain Bigelow's would be yeah, the big one. Ah, yeah, of course. Point break or a... Well, you don't get Point Break, but you do get Dark Zero Thirty, and you do get... Um, Hurt Locker? Hurt Locker. Uh, Sophia Coppola as well, isn't it? Um, I don't know if Lost in Translation is still on there. We can actually check that if you want, but... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd almost be interested to know that. Yeah. Just have a yeah. look at... Because uh, it should be in that kind of wheelhouse of movies that are on the, the 250. Well, yeah, because it deals with that sort of... Uh, yeah. And also because Bill Murray's in it, and if we're talking about 
<laughs> the IMDb 250 appealing films. to a certain caliber of yeah. people. Yeah. Yeah. Bill Murray appeals like... to that caliber of people. Yeah, he's just a, he's just a walking <laughs> piece in the sound. That's like a stealth insult of Bill Murray. It's I like... have no problem with Bill Murray. It's like, but... it's like I have no problem with Christopher Nolan much, but a lot of problems <laughs> with Which film fans. is the problem? No, it's it's no. more the people who propose them. It's it's uh, it's like yeah. my affection for um, Star Trek. I I absolutely adore the. Star but Trek since Discovery's Trek. come out, we've seen a darker side. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. That's Discovery. The darker side has always been there. Somebody who was a radical. Like, I didn't vocal. know that. <laughs> I feel this is this is the podcast where we break harsh <laughs> to uh, to Graham. Um, it's quite sad though because you always associate Star Trek, or at least I always did, with like a certain caliber of intellectual yeah. sci-fi fan, and then you're like, no, there's still a. Similar. Or at least there's hope in it. Yeah. There's like there's always a look to the to a brighter future. Yes. With this, they're mired now in the past. It's uh, like oh, it's not my Star Trek. Just Thank you. Miles over people's heads. Yeah, I, I I don't even want to watch it. I I, 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 I don't I don't want to be let down again. I mean, Darren, Darren quite likes the new movies. I, 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 but they're not connected I, I, to the movies. Though. Like an accusation. Yeah, yeah, no, which is fine. Like you're you're you're, you're a person with terrible taste. He's opposed to it because you're of your liking. Not us. in the minority. That <laughs> is um, no, like a backhanded compliment. It really is. <laughs> Darren also enjoys fascism, racism. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, and other and long walks on the, the beach. beach yeah. <laughs> His favorite shows include The Big Bang Theory. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, to answer your <laughs> that was really well like Star Trek. <laughs> but um, yeah, so to answer your question that we were stalling for there, Lost in Translation is not on the list at the moment. Oh, it came in in, uh, in October '03 and dropped out in April '06, and there are no other Sophia only Coppola films. Only three years. Only, I like that. Only, it was only one of the best twenty-five movies. I know, but that's what I mean. It was so. I, I thought it would have lasted longer than three years. Yeah. Than the biggest when? trick that the IMDb ever played on mankind is making people think that they had a that they were voting. Initially, <laughs> just meets and they say. We do like this Lost in Translation movie, but there's something about it that just smells wrong. Yeah. Um, Hold on. Can we get a suspended sentence of three years? Please? Yeah. So, 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 oh my God. There's a woman involved in this movie. All right. Sorry. I, I feel like this may be the right note on which to start the podcast. Maybe. maybe not. Um, I'm Matt's talking about the handmaid. <laughs> Bite the hand that feeds us. Well, yeah. yeah. So I mean, because we are going to have to talk about like the male gaze and stuff like that. Right. Part yeah. of this and like the the attitude, uh, like it's it's subtext and whether it is a feminist film, whether it can be a feminist film, that sort of stuff. But before we get to all that, everybody here recommends the film. Totally. <clears throat> Very I much ban so. this film. <laughs> <laughs> Down this sort of thing. Everybody here is quite happy that it's on the two fifty. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yes. Very yeah. much. So. Perfect. But with that in mind, then we're going to segue neatly into the spoiler zone, and then watch the movie, watch maybe the extended cut, come back, listen to the rest of the podcast. We talk about a bit more depth. So we start with Graeme. So Grace, what was the Handmaiden about for you? What was it about? God. How would you summarize? How long it? have you got? At this point, so this, this, <laughs> I do this to Andrew every This week. is the Monty Python summarized Proust in in, in 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 what thirty seconds? Yeah, boom. Yeah, go. put on your monocle. But I mean, so what is it about the job? If you were to pick one thing about this film that jumped out to you that you loved, or that you you like, what you when you think of the film, what do you think about? Like, what is it that grabs you? What's it that makes it a great film? I thought it was a very very interesting take on desire, just really sincere repressed desire. And, and people finding a way to indulge that, I suppose, in very, very, what's the word, very unlikely circumstances. Well, it is, because we talked earlier about how it was translated from Victorian uh, mm-hmm. London to basically to 
Japanese occupied Korea. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you both sort of suggested that it was that repressed culture that you have mm-hmm. sort of simmering through there. And there is that sense of like simmering desire. I mean, Sarah Waters has written, I think, six novels at this point. This was her third and her recurring fascination is uh, she did a PhD, I think, in uh, gay and lesbian literature uh, in Victorian era. And so that's reflected in her work as well. And she's very fascinated with this theme of of like repression and desire and how you express that and finding a way to, mm-hmm. to express that. But uh, yeah, no, one of the things that really grabbed me is that it's like, I think it's about, I, I don't know what it's, whether it's about women trying to express themselves or to reclaim maybe something that is traditionally associated with male gaze. It's traditionally sort of conceived of and sort of directed by and sort of like for male satisfaction, I think throughout the film and trying to find a way to express that in a way that empowers them or is their own. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I wonder because I, I, I haven't, I, I haven't went as deep probably as you have. But what I've heard is that there's a kind of an argument about how how well um, it's done and whether whether male directors, when depicting lesbian love scenes, can 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 be a bit um, ham fisted or not not kind of. They, that they miss something or they are they, 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 they can't they, the they can't take themselves out of it yeah. kind of, mm. you know well, I mean the, the famous story is that when Chan Wok was directing this like he's he's very adamant he gets very defensive when that comes up as I think most male directors would yeah uh, but his argument is that he when he filmed the, the famous love scenes at the center of the movie which we'll probably talk about in a bit of depth but when he filmed those scenes he made a point to make sure that the only people on set were women there was a female boom mic operator and a female lighting operator, and he controlled the camera remotely from next door. Oh. But I think at the same time, it's Does impossible. Does that make it more say, weird or less? Yeah, I'm going to say, I think, like, he's still controlling the camera and the gaze. He's still, like, even if he's in another room, he's, he's still like watching vicariously. Show with, yeah. like, a, with, yeah. with a mirror window, kind yeah. of. Sorry. No, no, I, like, and I, I do think that's my big issue watching, because I, I watched this, I watched the extended cut uh, separately. I watched it by myself a couple of weeks ago and I felt really creepy doing it because it felt because like I, I get the film is about empowerment and the film is about yeah. these women finding a way to express themselves and to cast off the shackles of like the oppression that's enforced them both by the uncle the count and, and you know and by the, the count who, who's claiming to be Japanese mm-hmm. and trying to like basically trap them in a trap that they've constructed themselves but at the same time it's very hard to get past the fact that it is shot from a way that I don't know. It it seems inherently it's still voyeuristic and it's still masculine. And like for me, Park Chan Wok has always seemed like Hitchcock. Like he's described how Vertigo is his favorite film when he saw Vertigo. That's when he wanted to be a director. And Hitchcock is a very, very like messed up individual. But through the <laughs> eyes of like through the eyes of a leering voyeuristic middle aged yeah. man director, mm. and he's great. I love him. I think he's one of the best directors ever. What, what about the leering voyeuristic uh, <laughs> director inside you, Darren? Yeah. It, it, where is it? And 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 is it is it is it is it waiting to burst out and yeah. really enjoy this movie? Yeah, that is the question. I mean, what do you guys think? Dude? Well, You're I, in. I, I, <laughs> I personally don't think it's very male gazy at all, right. which is a very rare thing that I get to say. But um, like, I wasn't aware of the way that um, apparently he directed these scenes. But I think, to my mind, that's at least being conscientious of the fact that people might be uncomfortable in that situation, um, and that it might be easier, especially because. And I might be completely wrong with this, but to the best of my understanding, homosexuality is still somewhat of a taboo subject in South Korea. So I understand maybe that might have been a bit challenging for the individuals involved to film. So in that sense, you know, having kind of more women on set and maybe not having him physically present might have been about making people feel a bit more comfortable. Yeah. But also just the way it's filmed, like, I don't think it leers at any stage. I think there's a lot of attention to the 
to the characters, to their feelings, to the way they express themselves. And it's done in a way that doesn't feel like... I don't really know how to describe it. Just, it doesn't really feel like, you know, you're, you're voyeuristic, like you're peeking at something you shouldn't see. It's very or much just about... Yeah, it's about representing the way they see each other. And I think there's a way... And this is what makes the film really rewarding, is that you see it from, like, three different perspectives almost. And you see the way you think it's going one way, and then it's going another way, and then you find out it's actually a different way kind of thing. Yeah. And so the way that they, like, discover each other in the love scenes is very authentic because it actually when you get to the end, you see that it is authentic in the sense that neither one of them sort of expected it to go this way, but it just sort of happened. And I, I, I personally feel the film's quite respectful of that, but that may not be everyone's point yeah. of view, I'm sure. No, I, I, I broadly agree <coughs> with that. Um, I think it's it, I think it, it might be something we've spoken about before, that for any movie that comes out, there is this magnifying um, lens, lens on, on it. it. Well, where, this is the age yeah. with the hot yeah. takes yeah. on Twitter and the, yeah. the need for exactly. some feedback and like, so, to be contrarian. And, yeah, and, and, and it's possible to, um, for there to be, to be faultless disagreement, for somebody to watch this and f- feel it's objectionable and be, and be right, and for somebody to watch it and not feel it's objectionable and also be correct. Because this is a very subjective thing. Oh yeah, no, no, I'm not, and yeah, no, I'm, no, I'm not standing here with a little placard saying ban this film. <laughs> <laughs> that was you. Careful now. Like I think, I think it's a fantastic film. It's just when I was watching it, I did feel a little uncomfortable because it was, I was wondering. I suppose maybe that's you. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but during, you're, never saying, you're saying this was during the extended cut. Yes. What happens in the extended cut yeah, that I, does I not happen in the original? Uh, the extended cut actually isn't that much more graphic. No, there's nothing added to the sex scenes in oh. question. Um, it's not that kind of extended cut. Yeah. But... Um, Do you get more of the uncle's <laughs> point of view? That, oh, that was the times when the film was creepy for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to let the audience decide that for themselves, oh, Andrew. I don't think that ambiguous. But it's, it's more that the thing... He adds a lot of material to the start of the film. Actually, like, while... The problem with the extended cut is that it's three hours long. And not everybody has three hours to watch nope. a movie. I do, apparently, twice. <laughs> but, <laughs> but the thing, the thing with, uh, with the... A realisation of this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, maybe that's why I felt sad. I <laughs> no. Yeah. But, no, uh, you were worried about seeing me. We, 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 we had to put grace between us to cut through the sexual... <laughs> oh my God. Thank you, Andrew. It's like when we watched Dangel, the Indian wrestling movie, uh, with, with two guests, and Andrew's first response was, let's wrestle. Um, <laughs> yeah. Andrew is a very impressionable 250 sort yeah, of watcher. Yeah, Just admit it, Andrew. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, what I was, more when I was making the point, the extended cut, what it adds... Primarily is it adds a lot of material to the start in terms of the relationship between the two women before you discover what's going on. Oh. Um, so before you discover... And it's, it's not even before you discover the like the, the backflip or the contortion or the reveal that there's a plot within a plot within a plot. It's it's before you discover the initial plot, which is that uh, Asunki is is not actually... Um, what's her name? It's Onkna. And what's her Japanese name? Um, is it sorry, there's going to be a test there's at the end. Of this. Um, you're going to have to like is it Tomako, Tomako, it's, yeah, it is like and Tomako, but I think her name is Isumi. Isumi, yeah. Yeah, yeah, something like that. But um, something, sorry, that was very, very. But it is like before you discover that she's actually um, is it Suki. I think maybe Sunki, but I don't know. Okay. But it's it's before you discover. I don't know why the ignoramus just opened his mouth. I'm sorry. <laughs> you say that it's, there's gonna be a lot. There's gonna be a lot of this in this podcast. We apologize for for the listeners. Um, yeah. to, to be clear on this, but before you discover that she's actually infiltrating to get Hideko committed to the the institution, 
you initially the, the time you spend with her where you think she's actually a maid and actually oh, an illiterate maid okay. that extends a lot further in the extended cut that goes on another about 20 minutes and in fact you don't discover what she's doing even structurally they, they change it around so the big reveal of who she is doesn't happen until the count arrives in the in the film which happens about 10 minutes after you make the reveal in in, in the, the original in the theatrical theatrical cut. Yeah. so you have basically her being someone wow. to speak with the count that's why when she says you know i learned how to identify a fake count uh, fake coin from the age of five mm. what happens is he when he gives her the coin um that's a fake coin and that's that's how you got that nice little cut there that transition mm. and you sort of you lose that there's also another point later in the film where you can tell the soundtrack has been cut off going from one scene to to another and there's a point where that was also cut as well but the big twist was really just extending out the suspense and the reveal as sort of allowing you to get a sense of who these characters were pretending to be before you peeled the onion there back and discovered actually they're not that mm. and then kept doing then you just keep taking that in you do yeah. I, I feel like that 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 was kind of one of one of the big themes of this movie kind of reality and illusion and hidden things and and i felt like that might interact with the lgbt uh theme theme of 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 this movie where where well, you're pretending to be somebody else exactly yeah yeah I, I, wonder, I wonder like how kind of intended that was or was that just something that i thought i don't think it was i don't think it was an accident i'd be very surprised <laughs> yeah. if that were an accident i think even the way a lot of the characters are framed throughout the films in terms of like looking through windows and doors and um, and, and yeah. hiding behind doors as well yeah. like this shadow screen doors like yeah. one of the things about we talked about this in the podcast before is that generally in in film and this is where i'm being sort of freudian and yeah as andrew occasionally rolls his eyes a little bit of it <laughs> but it's, it's the bit where you talk about sorry like, we're here now this is totally appropriate <laughs> when, you, when you talk about films um in films geography is frequently psychology and so you have this idea of even in this film the house itself serving as a metaphor for this sort of expression of self so you have like the the wing that is at once like japanese and english design sort of fused and it's connected to another wing which is more japanese or parts of your yeah yeah that you're sort of kept separate and even there's the great scene when um haideku and uh, sunki are running when they're gonna run away yeah where it's the... they, they have to open the door to get into the house <laughs> open the door to get into the living area open the third door to get out of the house yeah. and there's that level of like peeling back and like exposing yourself almost like if if yeah if the freudian kind of uh id superego and ego are the kind of platonic tripartite soul was one of them <laughs> one of them is the english repressed went very part. deep there <laughs> one of them is the japanese repressed part <laughs> and, and, and then and then there's 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 the, the english and then there's the the um, what, South Korean sort of what what mm. what happens behind closed doors kind of but, uh, uh, behind the facade. Well, uh, like it's a very conscious theme in the film because obviously you have the cherry blossom tree, which it's argued mm. inherited the soul of uh, Hideku's aunt who yeah. hung herself from it, and that sort of stuff. You have the idea of the basement, which is you know quite literally what a basement yeah. is. Yeah. But it, it's it's the repressed sort of stuff. I mean, even um, and like it's worth noting the production on this film is absolutely amazing. Yeah. It's it looks, beautiful. Oh, it's gorgeous! Like how every single frame, I, or I think you could frame. Yeah. One of my one of my favorites has to be when Hideku and the Count, not the, not Hideku, uh, and the Count are talking, and you see the trees, and it's like bones branched around. And they're like branched around them. It's that, when, that, when I saw that, I, I just I couldn't believe it. How it's much fantastic. of this stuff was was, was there, there and they found it? And I feel how much like of this it's, stuff I feel did like, they need to make. I feel like 
North Korea has that. It's just maybe South, people. South sorry, South Korea. Who thought? It's not like we never know. I feel like South Korea. North Korea could very easily could easily very have that, yeah, but we'll never know. Better. Like uh, I just feel like that's that's there. It's like kind of how Ireland has inher- uh, inherent parts of it that most of the world doesn't have anymore. I feel like South Korea is the same. Mm-hmm. I feel like there are parts of it that. Maybe we don't. We don't need to arrange. We don't need to uh, expand on. It's just there for your viewing pleasure, yeah. like and that and that's one of those scenes because it just it looked absolutely gorgeous. And I'm I'm a sucker for the kind of trees and and you just have a road oh. or a path. Mm-hmm. And that was just. <laughs> It's all coming out now. Yeah. Um, it's just, it, that, was, it was that, gorgeous. That was Andrew's sort of PG-13 moment. <laughs> oh, baby. Something for daddy. But yeah. I, I do, like... Sorry. The, the geography, <laughs> like, the geography of the place, the layout of the place is, is fantastic. I mean, even mm. the bit where they're, before they're doing the readings, where they rearrange the, the furniture, where they peel off the floor and the floor. Yeah. As obviously the basement yeah. is under one of those segments, but you have, like, you have water, you have... You have a pond, basically. Yeah, you have, mm-hmm. and you have stones jutting out of it, and you have this sort of, this ability, this idea that the landscape is moulded perfectly to reflect the people who live there mm. in some way. Yeah. And it just, it really, really captures that very, very well. And the, the, the thing that I love about this movie and about uh, Park Chan-wook movies is the kind of weird, perverse nature of them. You know, and, and, and I mean perverse in, in a... Um, in a uni- Descriptive rather than pejorative way. <laughs> yeah, in, in, in like a univocal kind of... Yeah, yeah, that, 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 you can, that you can kind of like admire it <laughs> and, and it can also um, disgust you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it is... And again, this and is... And it doesn't shy away. Yeah. yeah. I mean, well, this, no. is, this is... I'm not going to pretend to be an expert in, in South Korean cinema. I mean, beyond what I think... Do I try? Use... Use your use your um, being an expert in cinema, and then, <laughs> and then try and kind of apply that. Yeah. But uh, we should actually point out Grace here is the only person with an MA in film, actually. Oh. So Grace is the. the I haven't film. haven't received it yet, but yes, it, it is. Congratulations. Uh, Thank you. But uh, Assu- this is a surprise my party. Useless supervisor likes my dissertation. I, oh. I I have a soundboard with a with an applause track. I've been trying to to introduce the soundboard into the uh, podcast. Yeah, and then somebody robbed my phone to tell me, "Hi, I got your soundboard." Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what they were after. Yeah, exactly. they were just waiting for that. Yeah. 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 Did did they play a mark music. <laughs> 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 And then I was running after him, and it's like, no, 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 no. How we had the time to set Benny, all that up, we'll Benny, never know. Benny Hill music. Yeah, Keystone yeah. Pop sort of stuff going yeah. on. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Sorry. But it is, for me, it's, he's always, and it's, again, it's the Hitchcock reference that we mentioned there, like where he grew up watching Vertigo. But like, I mean, even stuff like Stoker was practically a remake of, what was it, Shadow of a Doubt and stuff like that, where you have that sort of weird psychosexual stuff and I mean obviously overtly sexual stuff happening in, in this film but you have this by, by, by the way I should apologise I probably sounded like a complete jerk there <laughs> <laughs> you've listened to the podcast before um, <laughs> we're trying to Grace has been on it before so she's okay maybe we're trying to get Andrew to be better at this yeah yeah, yeah. sorry well can I ask Darren Darren you compare uh, Park Chan to uh, Hitchcock a lot but you do it in the sense that Hitchcock is in kind of a kind of an insult. Wait, what? <laughs> it's just it's kind of you, it kind of feels like you're doing it as an insult in a sense. Which one? Who am I insulting? Oh, to Park Chan. 
I'm comparing Park Chan Wook to the greatest yeah, but director to of his darker universe. aspects. There is nothing but the darker aspects <laughs> to Hitchcock. I mean, I, I don't. I, I think Hitchcock's a bit overrated, to be honest. Mm. So I'm going to throw out that oh. controversial opinion. And oh, say go for it. No? I Thank you, Park Chan Wook is a much better filmmaker. <laughs> go on, go obviously for it. learned from what came before, so. All right. So we, we can acknowledge that. All right. I, well, I just, I just the, the way I heard you and you just down. going, every time I you were describing Park Chan and comparing him to Hitchcock, it was just like, you were saying, all the things that make Hitchcock kind of kind of bad and kind of <laughs> creepy, Park Chan has perfectly exemplified. And it's like, but Park Chan is actually, is like, I, I, like, I haven't seen that many Hitchcock films, mm -hmm. so I'm probably the least literate in his work here. So I just I'm coming off as like someone just maybe just looking in from from a window, you know, from a from a from a rainy like behind, window. You are behind, behind, you are behind the little sort of curtain, yeah, behind the, the curtain. Japanese yeah, sort of it's just it's just it was very door. interesting. Yeah, I, Would you like to defend yourself here? Yeah, I, no, I mean in terms of say the use of voyeurism, in yeah. terms of the yeah. use of obviously the psychosexual imagery, mm. which I think obviously Chenwick goes further with when he does. you have actual sex scenes, but you have this mm. idea of like asphyxiation, for example, being inherently yeah, sexual. Yeah, he feels like a lot more literate in it to my mind though. It's, it's something yeah. that like he embraces rather than being like hoo 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 this is so like what <laughs> <laughs> yeah. would you say that, that, that's, that he's that's a part Hitchcock. of his time like Hitchcock would yeah. have been a part of his time he's just like right let's just go full weirdo and just, just roll with <laughs> embrace it embrace like, it don't, don't yeah. try and hide it people will like it it's By fine, way, that, it's that's, fine. That's the best Hitchcock impersonation we've had on this podcast. Yes, we're here. <laughs> that was me doing like Italian with no voice, but yeah, let's, let's pretend it was Hitchcock. Wink, wink. <laughs> but uh, okay, so what is it about Parchment Walks? Uh, sort of filmography that appeals to you, Grace. And so, so since I've besmirched him by comparing him to Hitchcock, I'm, not, I'm just I just thought it was you know <laughs> who I consider to be one of the greatest. I know. Ever I'm just. <laughs> Even your heroes, you can point Even out their better flaws. than Christopher yeah. Nolan. That's <laughs> controversial. There. Okay. <laughs> what about Steven Spielberg and Quentin Tarantino? Um, but yeah, so what is it about Parchment Book that sort of grabs you then? Well, I mean, of the films I've seen, I haven't seen everything he's made, mm. but um, I think I can appreciate this more coming off a year of an MA in film where we talked a lot about well, it's certain classes anyway, a lot about structure, a lot about expectation, a lot about how things are sort of in Hollywood cinema anyway, are certainly knitted together in a way that just reflects what you expect, you know? And I think when you see other, and it tends to be a lot of non-English language filmmakers, I suppose, that do this, um, that just take conventions that you would associate maybe with um, Hollywood filmmakers, but do them in a very subversive way and a very daring way, and in a way that, like, people really love and respond to, but, you know, they just don't get out of their regular commercial cinema like mm -hmm. something like old boy which when you get to the twist in old boy which i won't mm -hmm. spoil for anyone listening but it's just so like dumb so <laughs> and, you're just, and you're just like well, this would never happen in american film and yet everyone's just like this is so disgusting and amazing i'm loving it yeah. like kind absolutely of thing. so uh, and well, cursed, by, which by is... the way we're, we're going to replace all the curse words with moaning sex noises <laughs> let's, let's not do good that. luck andrew <laughs> yeah yeah, you're out there on your own. Like, like it's same with me. I, I completely agree. We need something. Andrew doesn't like the bleep sounds that we use to cover. Um, yeah, yeah. I, yeah Andrew doesn't I'm, like the I, censorship. I, that's that's why I want the soundboard. <laughs> like a, a, a clown. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 The like, sound of an octopus. It's yeah. a snap messed up. Yeah. Like it's seething in the background. I yeah. completely agree uh, with Grace about that because it is true. Um, foreign, uh, I say foreign, even though you know, just people. We from, are Irish, to be yeah, clear. Yeah, yeah. Like um, I was, I there was, I saw um, terrible language there. Uh, saw "Call Me by Your Name" uh, very recently. I, can't wait to I saw that, that like I, last week, and it's the same. It's it's in the same thing. It's a it's a love story that you don't expect, 
And it's garnered a lot of controversy because obviously of the age gap and that. Yeah. And well, I mean, if James Woods is critiquing your film, you know. <laughs> that's a that's a that's a that's a point. That's a point. We tried to get James Woods on this podcast. Yeah. All you have to do is get a piece of candy, and he will show up. I know. Yeah, that, trust, that really trust, takes a new point of view once you know about him. Trust me, we, we, we ended up with the better deal. Yeah. I think, than but there, I just think. Sorry. No. Yeah. Grace. Grace is is completely right. Like. I think foreign directors, uh, I can't remember the director's name of Call Me By Your Name, I believe Luca, I, I can't get his second name. I don't uh, think I can pronounce his second yeah, name. Yeah, um, so he, he, he just perfectly, the, the, like since, um, actually since I saw uh, Handmaiden, I haven't actually seen a convincing love story, relationship film, romance, since The Handmaiden, until I saw Call Me By Your Name. Yeah. And it is fascinating that one, and this might just be my view, Seeing the other side of a love story, a homosexual love story, is a new avenue for myself because I'm a heterosexual white male, so I've never seen anything like that, you know, up close. And it's it, it's, a, it's a wonderful new kind of avenue of love that it's maybe you, you, you haven't seen before. If you're, if you're Avenue of love sounds almost like a dodgy... Don't. Don't. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, so seeing it like this was just... It was. It's just. It's. It's interesting. Um. I fell in love with both romances in both the Handmaiden and Call Me by Your Name, and yeah. It's just. It's. It's new aspects of love that maybe not everyone gets to see because of their sexual preference in that. Yeah. And yeah. It's just. It's. It's really great that uh, Park Chan could have this kind of romance and also have such horrifying dark themes in this. Mm-hmm. Like my my girlfriend's a huge book lover. Like she she adores books. And watching this film, she had she was of two minds. She's like, she, she he's such a, he's such a, this. that's the funny part. The uncle, yeah. Yes, but not those types of books. <laughs> okay, that's very clear on that. that she loves, she loves keeping them in like, uh, really well conditioned. She loves hardbacks. Uh, Does she hard guard backs. them with a ceramic snake? No, I was, no. I was shocked to discover the snake was ceramic. Me too. If, if, if this movie, instead of, instead of books, if it was a whole lot of, uh, if it was a big spread of food, and it's like, screw this food, and just start, like, throwing ink all over it, and, and like, oh, pushing it in water, I would get so yeah. upset. Yeah, we've talked about this on the podcast. That's yeah. your Andrew thing, a, food is your thing. <laughs> Andrew feels very strongly about food waste in movies. Like, the moment that he fell in love with Blade Runner was the moment where, after Harrison Ford got noodles early in the movie, uh-huh. he's, t- he's summoned to the police chief headquarters and he, and he takes them? The, he takes the noodles with him and that's when that's when andrew knew spoilers man spoilers <laughs> i'm watching it tomorrow we were watching it we were watching it is no but we were watching the handmaiden and there's a bit where like after they go to the mental institution the count promises that he will take uh, hideku for lamb chops afterwards oh yeah and like and then what happens is there's a big twist where Sunki gets <laughs> taken to the mental institution it into he part co- two. He, he goes into and part she two. has part no, 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 but but part Part two is then an extended flashback yeah. leading up to that moment from a different perspective. Was he, was he annoyed? And he just literally like lamb chops. Yeah, and we spent the entire second section of the film waiting to see if they would go and get lamb chops. Yeah, yeah. My girlfriend yeah. pointed that out as well. She did the same thing. Oh, look, they are having lamb chops. Look at them. That's some good stuff and tales. That's continuity. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is why Park Chan Wok is one of the best directors of his generation. <laughs> he pays attention to set up and payoff. Yeah, what, what's what's it called? Uh, Chekhov's lamb chop. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what it is. They look nice. But yeah, they look nice. Yeah, they look better than than that 
uh, <laughs> Paul and Rice with a cockroach in it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, was like, I know, I hope she finished it. I mean, the cockroach itself is full of protein. Did anyone else feel like that was like a signal for her to know that that was that the escape was about to happen? I think maybe did anyone think that? Like, she was laughing, going, "Oh, thank God!" The cockroach, the cockroach just winks at her. You know what? Well, you're right. This is way easier than when you used to have these steel precious coins. The inside man. Uh, but it, it is worth saying, like in terms. How are you going to find a cockroach in, <laughs> in this old But let's talk a little bit about this because, like, in terms of like diversity and in terms of as we talked about this in the podcast before, where it's just inherently having different voices and having different perspectives and having different ways of looking at things is like something that's good of its own. But it's also good because it leads to fresh storytelling opportunities. Yep. Graham pointed out he hadn't seen a story like this before. Nope. Like, and I think that. One of the things about The Handmaiden is that even if you were to ignore... But the LGBT themes are so cleverly woven into it. As you pointed out, this theme of identity, this theme of self, this idea of, like, persona shit. Like, there's... Most of the characters in the film have two or three layers to yep. them. Like, you obviously... Yeah. You have uh, Sunki, who's claiming to be a maid, who's also posing as a spy. You have uh, Hideku, who's claiming to be an innocent, but is not really an innocent. Yeah. You have the Count, who's claiming to be... Like, the Count and the Uncle are both claiming to be Japanese, which is one of the, the interesting yeah. sort of twists on that, where you have that colonialism because i think uh waters has talked about in her novel the the issue is class as you might expect in a victorian society where oh, you have this? these people trying to be higher class um and you have this idea of people trying to break into the higher class and trying to pose as being higher class whereas one of the interesting things in this is that you have these koreans um who are in, in japanese occupied korea trying to pose and to become japanese and trying to sort of to sort of elevate themselves in terms of like identity and stuff. And you have this, even this recurring theme throughout where the, the uncle, he's interested in Japanese culture, but he also seems very fascinated with Western culture as well. Yeah, German, like, he talks about Germany a lot. He talks, he talks about, well, oh, yeah. yes, uh, in the lead up to, in the 1930s, uh, Japan, yeah, Germany no, yeah, maybe had something going on there. Yeah. Um, but you do have, yeah, it's a hidden talking, romance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's basically, Peel back the layers. Yeah, the, the Handmaiden is the extended story. No, it's yeah. not. It is not <laughs> in any way a metaphor um, <laughs> for what Andrew was suggesting there. Give us 15 minutes and we could figure this out. We can, but you yeah. do have this, this idea of like his fascination with obviously the psychiatric institutions in mm. Germany. The fact that his books, most of his books, uh, which are copies themselves, they're fakes, you know. Uh, yeah. And you have people who are fakes themselves as well, but that they yeah. came from Hamburg, for example. You have his, his fixation on, on Britain and England. And even, like, one of the great things about the movie, we talked about how well the movie's constructed in terms of, like, set design and production and stuff. One of the things I really like about it is the clever idea with the subtitles, where they use white subtitles for Korean yeah. and yellow subtitles for Japanese, which it's is great. quite useful for understanding, but it also allows you to pick up on the fact that... So at several times in the film, Korean characters will drop Japanese words into conversation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and and Chan Wook has said himself, like, he finds that interesting because from his perspective, it rhymes with modern day Korea, where you will get certain people signifying their upper classness by dropping odd words of English huh. uh, into yeah. conversation. I mean, and I think it's the same with any... any... Yeah. That, yeah. And, and that we have that between English and French in both directions, that, like, the French say, Louis Good. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and 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 that we have like a la carte. Like if 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 we're trying to French something up, we're we're, we're <laughs> trying to single a yeah, They're kind of like um, if they're trying to make something casual, perhaps they're kind of Englishing it it's up, like dressed down, yeah, or Englishing it down, almost. Englishing it down, yeah. Um, but I I I found it interesting the um, 
it's 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 not it's not just it's it's not a theme for a specific community. This is a universal yeah. theme, kind of concealing um, who who one truly is. Because I think everybody, uh, like a a rich person versus a poor person, or a, or a or a heterosexual versus a homosexual, it's it's everybody yeah. has this kind of struggle going on. yeah mm. yeah where 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 they're presenting a version of themselves um and to to one extent or another to everybody else and yeah. nobody's seeing nobody's really seeing the full side of anybody yeah like, i mean the, the the guy who's coming in the the you know the, the guy who claims to be a count who is actually sort of this master forger is actually yeah. the son of a sort of a korean farmer yeah yeah Hideku, who who is like who has been party to this horrific abuse since he was a child um, who is in no way innocent because that innocence has been taken from her, but she's pretending to be a child and a baby um, throughout the film, basically to lure Sun Ki in. Like, yeah. She has nightmares and it plays on her weaknesses. Her yeah, and that sort of stuff. And you have obviously Sun Ki herself, and so like that. you have this, and even just I, how characters present themselves to one another, and who knows what when. Because one of the great things about the movie's structure is that you see the first half from like Sun Ki's point of view, the yeah. part one from Sun, uh, first half, first third maybe from Sun Ki's point of view. And then you go back and you watch it from Hideku's point of view and you get these wonderful levels of irony because we talked at the start about how it's a fun movie to watch. It's also a really fun movie to rewatch. Yeah. Because yeah. When you're, you start Because then you're trying to look out for yeah. things. And I, I really enjoyed the kind of reclamation of, of that um, rotten lion. Where, yes. Yeah. Where well, where it's 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 almost a kind of like a badge of honor. Yeah. Well, there's this great the the movie does this really well where it uses these lines and these repetitions in terms of like it's good storytelling narratively because it's just good structuring where you have the repetition of lines like fully ripe for example mm. or I, I chewed it up and spit it out and all this sort of stuff like you have this idea of like words echoing he he dreams of your assets that sort of stuff where you have things the characters yeah. say to other characters was it your movie. toenails or yeah or no, your toenails are growing you're you're blushing yeah this yeah. is an hilarious movie it is actually to be, to be honest it sounds yeah it's, it's, and there's some very dark humor um and, and from Park Chan Wat no. <laughs> Well, that's the thing. Like we're talking about it as if it's like a dark erotic thriller. It is a dark erotic thriller, but it's also a very funny yeah, dark erotic thriller. Yeah. And it has a really macabre sense. You know, it's a great scene where Hideki has hung herself from the church. Oh, that was so funny. Where her aunt killed herself, and she's talking to Soon Ki. It gets funnier. It gets funnier. <laughs> <laughs> it's all uphill from here. Uh, but she has this conversation with, with Soon Ki, where she's revealing that you know she knows that Soon Ki's lying to yep. her, and that they're planning to commit Soon Ki to the asylum or the mental institution instead of her. And Soon Ki gets so angry that she, she lets go her go Deku to rant and rave. And you get this wonderful long shot by Deku just hanging from the cherry blossom, <laughs> like, writhing. Oh, sorry, 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 yeah. sorry, 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 sorry. To be fair, like, what did she, she was angry. She wasn't angry with uh, Hideku. No, no. She, she was, was angry, angry with the count. Yeah, yeah. She's like, son of a... <laughs> and she just sees like, oh god. Oh, wait, yeah, sorry, let's get you down from there. Yeah, yeah, How yeah. did she get her down from there? I imagine she probably held her up for long enough for her to undo the yeah, surgery. So, yeah. That's, See, that's did, what I would expect. If you watched the machine. extended cut, if you'd watched yeah. it, that would have been in there in painstaking detail. <laughs> um, no, um, there are some questions that... Thank like, like, it's not to make it as a good thing, but thank God she practiced, you know, choking herself. She probably had, like, techniques to make sure that she could breathe longer. Well, that, one of the things that I really mm -hmm. like about it is the way that it handles, like, reclamation. Because it is, we talked a little bit about, like, the male gay stuff at the start. One of the things that sort of struck me about The Handmaiden is, like, as, as uncomfortable as I felt, which is probably down to me being horribly repressed, <laughs> as I will point out. I actually think on that point, there's a very interesting article that you should look up by, um, by Gabby Baker-Whitelaw, who writes for The Daily Dot. She wrote this really great article after, I think it was 
it was either Age of Ultron or The Winter Soldier, but it was about Black Widow and about voyeurism being in the eye of the beholder. So yeah. basically like about how a pile of male critics would be like, oh, Scarlett Johansson has nothing to do in this movie kind of thing. And it's like, no, actually, she has a very complex subplot in Winter Soldier yeah. and a horrible one in Age of Ultron, but at least it's there, I suppose. Um, and people are just actively choosing not to see that because of yeah. their own biases. So I think in this kind of situation, it's like, you know, is the voyeurism actually there or are we just so used to seeing it that we see it where it isn't? Wherever it is. Like, yeah. we, 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 and because you feel a bit guilty as, as a guy watching this kind of thing, thinking, yeah, Because mm-hmm. she is the Hulk's play thing in, yeah. in well, Age of Ultron. I think we may be talking about different movies. In this case, I think we're talking about so yeah. are, are we ashamed of it or are we ashamed of ourselves? These but, are the profound yeah. questions. Mm. This has just turned into a therapy session. Yeah, the, the 250 <laughs> is not afraid to ask the questions. <laughs> Listener, um, but it's a great article, so you, you should look at it. We will actually. We'll attend the show notes, actually. Um, good, good, good. But there is an element of trying to reclaim that as well, which I really, really like. Yeah. Which is mm-hmm. like, and it happens with the dialogue that's repeated, but it also happens, obviously, with the bells, with the metal balls that are used by the uncle to beat Hideku, which obviously are used at the end... Um, which are used at the end, but used in a way that references the. Aren't those the same bells? No, I don't think they're the same bells. No, it's I'm just obviously. making sure. You look like, so horrified. I was like, <laughs> where are those? Oh god! I hope they would never make that choice. Yeah. <laughs> that those would be those, weird. Those were those were nice soft bells. Those ones that he oh. hit her with were. Okay. Ugh. Okay. Um, no, <laughs> what have I got that wrong? <laughs> yeah, I don't think they're soft bells. Well, no, not soft bells. But you know, what I mean? they're not that you hurt people with. Right, because those ones were like metal, like proper, like chunk. The ones that he hit her when she was a child. I don't know. They, I think they were the same bells. I don't. Were they? Actually, you think they were actually the same bells? I don't yeah, think they were the same. I, 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 I don't know. They were different I think ones. Thematically, they were. But I okay, because they ring. Because I don't know I if his rang one of them. His did not ring. His did not ring. And one of them were blue. Sorry, that's green. Green. No, one of them were kind of white. White. The two pairs were whitish blue, and then the ones that he would hit hit Hideko when she was young. Uh, they had a green, um, thing, green yeah. gold around them. Yeah, it was a different. It was a completely different bell. Yeah, At least right. I thought okay. that. Yeah. But they were clearly meant to symbolize. Oh yes, like, yes. Yeah. You had, yeah. They had four bells, four on each, or four yeah. balls on each. And obviously, you have the story that Hideku read about the about the use of those. It was the wind and whatever through the great the gate, yes. the jade gates or whatever. Jade gates. Yeah. Yes. Um, but you had this idea of like or the re- jade garden. Um, <laughs> I think the Jade Garden is a Chinese takeaway. Or, or it's, it's, it's not something from Fifty Shades of Grey. Or, sorry, um, no, go on. But there is this element of like trying to reclaim, and and Chanmok has talked about this, where he's like the sequences of the reading for Hideku's reading the pornography, mm. and not only is she reading the pornography, she's enacting it. Yeah, because um, she's, she's it's like a, it's like a what would you call it a radio play almost. It's not like a radio. No, play. in the sense that she, she she takes on she it's takes on the personality it. of every character. She. I was thinking of a different kind like of show. It's like a peep show, basically. Oh, but yeah. it is because where you have props and you have sort of cues and stuff. Mm. It is a stage show, basically, where you have the windows open behind her. You have the dummy lowered from the ceiling. That was but weird. you have this element of at the end of it, uh, Sun Ki and Hideko reclaiming that for themselves and like taking a plot that was constructed by the Count to basically just swindle the uncle out of his money mm. and using that to free both of them and yeah. give them both, like to allow them both to be together and to be happy, which I think is, is an interesting idea. I, I love the the levels of like of of self deception that these uh, Korean and Japanese gentlemen um, <laughs> ha- have, where where they're just like, oh, jolly good show, and yeah. like, oh, that was yeah. quite good, and I, with the, with uh, yeah, and, and I really and they're, appreciate they're the still, yeah, they're, yeah, 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 very yeah, sophisticated. Yeah. sophisticated. Well, they're wearing and, tuxedos and, and yeah, 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 and, like, and it, because it's okay for us because we're rich, but, but, but this this would be this would be obscene um, and poor people. Yeah, yeah. 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 
Well, I mean, it's it's also the fact that it becomes art because it's it's in books. Mm, like, yeah. yeah. As you yeah. point out, like if the uncle were curating food, it wouldn't be different. But I mean, if the <laughs> uncle were curating like porn DVDs, it would immediately it wouldn't have that same. Get level your point. Yeah, it wouldn't, <laughs> it wouldn't have that same level of cultural mm. cachet or cash that this does. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's the point that yeah. Bill's trying to make, but it makes it very very well, which is this idea of like legitimizing the voyeurism because yeah. it is quite clearly yeah. perverse oh yeah like the, the men are not in any way like it's very clear they're not touching themselves but they are very they get they're they get, are yeah. they don't need to I don't no think. it really doesn't <laughs> seem like they need to but they are it is it is an assault it is yeah. it is very much an abuse of, yeah. of her it is an exploitation of her and the fact that there's no direct violence no literal absolute violence involved until yeah. you go down to the basement um, doesn't legitimize it or doesn't make it justifiable or doesn't allow it to be okay like yeah. it's still an act of violence but I think it's one of the interesting points the film makes what I thought was um, when we were talking about uh, the reclamation was um, as they're le- as both Hideko and uh, that are leaving yeah. and they go downstairs and that and when she sees all the stuff that he's made her read over the years and that and you remember the story of the knight and the and the princess yeah. I saw that as uh, Sumiko is the knight and she slays the dragon, which is represented by the snake. She destroys this cavern filled with kind of gold and that, that would be gold yeah. for the uncle. Yeah. And then she, she saves the but princess who is Hideko. The, the point of the, the point of the night story, though, is the rejection of the count. Mm. Like, the count is very clear. He's the king. He, no, no, he's the knight. He's coming to save her. Oh, he's like, yeah. He shows up and he's like, well, look, I know I can get you free. I know you want freedom. I mm. can give you freedom if you come with me. Um, and the idea is that that's just a different myth of patriarchal oppression. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it's the idea of the, your princess is in another castle, to quote, to quote Arthur Chew. It's this idea... And Mario. And Mario, as well. <laughs> but you have this idea of, like, the white knight. Or the Mario idea that, never said that. No, <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Continuity. <laughs> but you, you have this idea of, like, even myths in which women are protected and, mm-hmm. and guarded and sort of, like, respected and venerated and treated as ladies are still inherently oppressive. This because is just making me think of Ex Machina now. And go, you know how, you yeah. know how Ex Machina does that? Again, I don't want to spoil the end for anyone who hasn't seen it. We're in the spoiler but, you know, zone. It, it makes it sound For like... this movie, Graham. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're in the spoiler zone. Everything's in the spoiler zone. Before you listen to the spoiler zone, See just take a moment movie. to watch every movie. Yeah, to watch Ex Machina, you won't regret it. But yeah, no. like Ex Machina is brilliant. And the ending, yeah. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it does that same thing where it's like, you know, this is clearly the bad guy keeping her locked up and this is someone else who thinks he's yep. like the hero and so on. And then she's just like... <laughs> Not your narrative. Just yeah. Grant. She also like, has like superhuman strength and all that. So she's oh, like, Grant. It's awesome. I'm like, yeah. I'm not gonna get off topic. Like, yeah. No, I was just no, gonna say that when, I, when I went grand. to see X Mac and then it got to that point at the end. I remember just being like, Oh my god, she's doing it. <laughs> she's Grant gonna do it. Pulling it off. Grace has been watching movies. Yeah. Grace has been watching movies for so long. It was like I just want the movie to take a turn like this. And it's like, finally, yeah. it's, it's like, it's like as well when you see um, Fury Road and how important it is. And I think George Miller mentioned this very specifically in interviews. He was like, you know, if Max had been the one running off with the wives, it would have been a very different film. When mm. Furiosa, well, she doesn't take them, and the film goes to great pains to say that they wanted to go. It's not a matter of them being. Taking yeah. ships, yeah. Um, it makes the narrative very, very different to like you know your traditional white knight story where someone comes in and takes someone away. It's like no, you know, to get back to the handmaiden, it's these two finding the strength in each other to yeah. to go. Like they don't need the man to do yeah. it. Yeah. He might just give them like a sort of a a context in which to do it or something, but um, not the actual agency. Yeah. So. Yeah. I th- by the way, to be clear, that that was not off topic. By reference, no, to that is a theme. That yeah. was perfectly. That continued our theme of Donald Gleason and how he's in everything now. Yes. Yeah. That's the thing that terrifies misogynists 
is 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 the the, the fantasy of killing all your male protagonists and, um, and it's like <laughs> but if you do that, there'll only be ninety-seven percent of all movies that have male protagonists. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. But they, they, uh, it's 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 interesting. Like the, um, I think we've spoken about it before. We have so much stuff. Yes. <laughs> as, as white guys, yeah. as white straight guys, we yeah. have everything. Yeah. Exactly. It's <laughs> it's okay for their. It's okay to give the, It's okay. We're, we're we're going to be magnanimous enough to say you can have this movie. Yeah. Because we're so nice. Yeah. Um, Sorry, you're just allowed alien, basically. <laughs> yeah. You got alien. You don't or, want or any other action star. Or to be fair, in James Cameron's point of view, oh, you can oh, have no, Terminator no, Two. No, Why no. does he keep digging his? I don't know. Like it's so bad. Because <laughs> he's been underwater. The bubbles clearly got into his brain. Yeah. And now he's back up and he's ready for Avatar Two because. Everyone wanted that seven not years ago. Avatar two, by the way. Guys. Terminator six. Yeah. Oh, oh he's not God! He's uh, yeah. Why? He's only producing that one. Um, yeah. He's directing getting. He's directing Avatar two. Yeah, uh, and little scale models. Um, but yeah, it there there is an element of that. Like, and I really really like that about the Handmaiden is the sense of like reclaiming that narrative. Yeah, because they yeah. at no point does a man help them, protect them. If anything, they're all a hindrance. Uh, they every aspect of that they're a hindrance at best at a hindrance at best they're an annoyance at the least Uh, and it's just it's like when you see the film it's like because I always love when I watch films and I watch protagonists and that I'm like okay can a protagonist get through this film without any help from a, a secondary protagonist or an ally or that because then it kind of in my eyes sometimes it lessens the, the lead these two women don't need any help from the rest of the cast, yeah, like yeah. the majority, yeah, and if they do think get, they're helping. Are yeah. actually just kind of uh, yeah. Like, the, the count thinks that he's helping. He's they're... not. No, the count doesn't think he's no. helping. The count is very clearly helping himself. Yeah, yeah. He's making the but he he, he keeps her. putting it as my helping you is a bonus to you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You will get secondary help. Yeah, you get second billing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be rich. I'm not going to have to worry about paying for you wine. You can have direct... Like, yeah. it even points out, you will he not says, have to he, worry he about being fed to an octopus. Yeah, he says Sumiko, at the beginning of the film, will get dresses and jewellery. Yeah. And it's not until she negotiates like, with no, him... I'll actually have a hundred grand. A hundred grand of that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like more what than... Yeah, like like more than everyone else was going to get. Like, what was it? He said, 50. you're 50 for everyone. and the, But Sumiko gets to keep the dresses and the jewellery. And she goes... <laughs> No, I'll have the dresses and the jewelry, but I'm also gonna have a hundred thousand of my own money. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like it's like, uh, and did they ever actually say how much? Like the what, uncle, the, how the much Hideko? Oh, okay, sorry. I thought you were trying to get like inflation adjusted no, no. figures. But did they say how much Hideko's yeah, they, they fortune was that worth? She has is it one point five million in cash? Oh, it was. Yeah, and you're right. Yeah, grand in bonds. Yeah, which so, is a so lot. So is a good deal. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Fifty yeah, yeah. is like pocket change. That's what you spend. On yeah, that. basically, That's what he he was, the guy at the wedding, really. Yeah, even yeah. though they were more instrumental than he was. Yeah. Like, 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 even at the beginning of the film, when you don't know what's about to happen, Sumiko is all the risk, uh, all the work. Yeah. She's laying the foundations for him. And if I'm being honest, watching the film from the first part, like, he's really up the whole foundations she's laying down by re- by being at one point really subdued and like oh oh god I'm so apologetic you're beautiful to turning into I'm like a lech I'm worried that you'll see through my essence yeah um, oh it's just like oh, like when he stand like when she walks in when Hideki walks in and he just stands up and the chair goes flying it's like 
Okay, tone it down a little bit. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, I she is gorgeous, but... As she points out, yeah, mesmerizing is the word that men use when they want to see women's breasts. Um, I'm touched him. Andrew's setting the high goals. Um, Listen, mesmerizing is for two things, yeah. not just one. Yeah. But it is... I, dude, uh, when we were talking about male characters in, in this movie, the, the way... The way they see themselves versus the way the the, the, the world sees them yeah. at, at the end of the movie with with in in the basement. Duncan looks like, like the devil. I'm I'm just. Yeah, even though, like, I'm just he even has his he has yeah. horns. He I'm looks just, like Ugatu from Zoolander. He yeah, has that sort yeah. of quality. He looks like Hayachi at a Tekken. I'm just an old man who likes dirty books. Yeah. Is that so wrong? He finally admits if this it. This is a crime. Yeah. Then lock me up and throw away the key. But, but am keep I me with such my good a monster? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I guess I am. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm cutting your fingers off. I'm probably going to do something to your genitals. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Who yeah. who who are the judges? <laughs> who say these things? Yeah. It is funny that everybody has this kind of internal narrative, and uh, <laughs> they're, they're, uh, he's just wreaking wreaking justice, kind of. <laughs> Which who's Wait, what? what? In his own mind. How this affects me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really interested to see what Grace will say after this when Andrew finishes. In his own mind, he's he's repaying he's hero. a wrong, and his property has been interfered with. Uh-huh. In, in 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 his twisted kind of moral framework, he's. He, like everyone's the hero of their own story. <laughs> Even the pervy Mugatu guy. <laughs> Even <laughs> that guy. Like, like, because you 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 need a certain level of cognitive dissonance to, oh my God. to, to, to kind of just just uh, like to to want it. This, this is taking it to its extreme. So and it's 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 a like. The, did anyone did anyone find that kind of ironic and hilarious? The oh. way the way he's, oh. he's kind of explaining himself in in such modest terms. Yeah, like that was the most. <laughs> yeah. During the film, that, at the end, where you think he's going to go nuts, he's at his most calm. Yeah. yeah. When he's when he's well, like he's at, he's at home with himself. He's well, in yeah, he's in the basement. He's in, like this is where it's, he would his man cave. <laughs> oh, that's tech, that would technically you go timeline wise. That would maybe be the that first man very, cave. Yeah. Yeah. Oh dear. Yeah. Like Surrender. when anyone saw the basement, when everyone like you, when you first see it, when he shows you, it, to when he shows it to Deku as, uh, as a child, what were your thoughts? Because I got really freaked out, knowing how deep and dark Park Chan can go. Did anyone's? Did anyone else get kind of a little disappointed that it wasn't dark? Um, he keeps jars of I genitals know. on yeah. the wall. But I'm just I, saying, after seeing Old Boy, but to be granted, I was very young when I saw Old keeps, Boy. Like, what do you think he uses the octopus for? I feel I don't want to say it. I, yeah. I, I'm fairly certain yeah. I know, I feel like especially when there's a painting. Yeah, of what? an illustration which suggests. Yes, yeah, so I, I feel so like I feel like it's the right level yeah. of dark. But I was worried that we were going to see that, and that was like a <laughs> yeah. torture thing that he was going to use on the yeah. count at the end. If you peel That's the what onion, I thought. There's some serious Troy McClure stuff going on. Troy McClure, McClure, the handmaid. I thought he said he was dead. No, I said he sees the fishes. Do you remember the moment when you sort you were sort of old enough to realize why Troy McClure was so happy about going to SeaWorld? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so all of a sudden everything's like 
Oh god! <laughs> That's the great thing about yeah, about oh god. You watch it and, and like, you get the jokes that went onions. What I have is a romantic abnormality. <laughs> <laughs> so dark. It would be concealed at all costs. Yeah. So well, I that like, really impacted you. You can remember that yeah. for a long. I, I remember a lot of Simpsons. So, so basically, what we're getting at is the Handmaiden is the story of Troy McClure from Troy McClure's perspective. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just a the uncle is Troy McClure. <laughs> I mean, it was first adapted as a Victorian <laughs> novel in order to throw people off the yeah. scent. And there was a Planet of the Apes musical, which is bringing it back to War for the Planet of the Apes for you, me. You may, you may remember me from the extravagant girls who sell lingerie. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I that was a weird title. The, the, like, I, um, I don't know if those were actual like Japanese erotica titles or if they were just like kind of like you know like shared universe building where it's like branding. <laughs> it's like somebody's job. Like Park Chan Wook was like, okay, well I need to come up with some names that yeah, sound like they could be. The thing is, you see the mortician's uh, bedroom. Like, you see mangas and uh, anime and all that. They all have weird titles. So to go to that, to what is possibly, like, porn... That does, that's not the realm of possibility that they have weird titles. So, yeah. I, and, and you feel like that legitimacy, <laughs> if it wasn't real, would kind of be against Park Chan. I feel like he'd find... Well, I know, I know that obviously, the, obviously the picture, um, the, the picture with the octopus is real. Um, yeah. By the way, to be absolutely clear on this, it's one of the first records of uh, literature. Liter- and I like the way that we're describing it as literature pornography because it's just tentacle porn. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's exactly porn. what it is. That's what it is. That is exactly what it is. Um, Literary erotica. <laughs> I, I think I'm just repressed enough to make this work. By the way, um, we'll coax it out of you. Yeah, and, and if you watch the the octopus is engaged. Oh wow! Um, oh well, that's not right at David all. David Attenborough doing that. Imagine David Attenborough doing that. David Attenborough would probably knock it out of the park though. He, he would. Like, like dry scientific voice. Yeah, I'm, I, I would. I would. Have we broken here. down? Every, everyone took a moment to, to consider. Yeah, that. yeah. I feel like I almost said, and I would watch literary erotica with David Attenborough. <laughs> <laughs> is he a character in the literary erotica? Andrew, if you edit this right, you could make him say it. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's beyond my. <laughs> but I, I think I think it is, and I think. The film handles that very well, where it makes a very clear case that just because you dress up pornography and just because you mm. dress up this sort of objectification and this sort of culture, and you put it in terms of class and, and you, art, kind and of art, yeah, yeah, you turn it into a collector's item, you auction it off as art, you have men in tuxedos bidding on it. It doesn't make it any less grimy. It doesn't make no. it any less creepy. It doesn't make it any less oppressive. It doesn't make it any. It less doesn't make yeah. it any less sexy. <laughs> oh, sorry. But you, you're also <laughs> extending. I had to do it. You're also extending that whole thing about how sexuality is only appropriate in certain circumstances. Yes. Like you know, again, it's fine if it's for the upper class and it's very genteel and like performed in a theatrical, artistic mm. setting. But you know, when poor people do it, it's obviously bad. Like yeah. the scene yeah. where where um, the count is meeting the uh, uncle for the first time, yeah. and he's got Hideku. Uh, lying down with her ass bare, and she's clearly been hit multiple times. Well, that's that's the story they're imagining. Yeah, yeah. Was that imagining? Was that imagining? Yes. I thought it was like he was actually meeting her. No, no, like the, this. The, the central point I'm... would be that they would never, they would never do that because they're gentlemen. They would never be in that situation uh... because they're actually gentlemen. Whereas on the other hand, you can hear it narrated and you can imagine it, you and so? you're still a gentleman. If you it's do. just oh, well, outside of the like, if it was another film, I thought okay, that's a that's kind of an imagination. During that film, okay. I thought, oh my god, did they act? Is it because? The uncle is that tawdry and that... So you think... You think I think that was an actual thing. Because... Okay. I, 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 I don't know. I thought it was a real snake, so I may be wrong here. So I'm going to open this up to the, the room here. Do you guys think that that was real? or? Do I, you I, I took it as real. Yeah, so do I. I could be... I, I totally, totally believe that. I totally believe that. got lost in translation okay. there. 
What about you? Well, I don't think it invalidates it. Somebody, somebody should consult the source. Yeah, I, I, I had, I had thought it was real, but like again, I'd have to rewatch the movie <laughs> a third time. And, All right, and well, we're gonna take a break. <laughs> <laughs> come back. Everyone and just, just wait here. Extra time. Rewatch yeah, that yeah, part. Yeah. But uh, well, no, I don't, don't don't listen to the spoiler zone unless you've watched the movie okay. at least three times. Yeah, because yeah. then there was the scene where um, the count he's getting lashed. Yeah. And that, uh, that, that, remi- yeah, that reminded me of him just remembering that he did that, and then she's reading it. That's what I took it from. I, I, I'm, uh, my reading, my reading huh, of that scene <laughs> was that uh, it was each of the characters listening uh, to it because it, it cuts quickly across their faces. It so does, the yeah, it does. The guy with the wonderful mustache. It's the guy with the creepy earpiece. It's the you know, it's the count himself. Yeah. And it's each of them listening and closing their eyes and imagining. And though they would never do such a thing because that would be improper yeah. or impolite or incorrect. Mm. Um, or sort of that would be see-me. Somehow you legitimize it by say by having it as a reading mm. of a work of art that you're auctioning. The same way that like the scene of Hideku having sex with the puppet. And by the way, I love the bit where they're leaving and the guy's like, great puppet. Yep. Um, <laughs> the puppet work was <laughs> on point. Yeah. What's his yeah. name? Henson? Love him. Fantastic. Yeah. Give him a raise. Yeah, <laughs> that, like, that is obviously a... Porn- chop. <laughs> <laughs> a pornographic... That's a cork chop, not a, not a land. Um, the idea that like you have what is clearly a pornographic and sexual act which is her in a sexual position Mm. with the puppet but you legitimize it by dressing it up as oh we're just auctioning these books and they just happen to have these things in them and oh there's a page missing so if I were to tell you what was on that page well you wouldn't appreciate it fully so we're going to go to the hassle of having a puppet lowered from the ceiling my niece a nondescript that you don't that you could easily put yourself into the yeah. puppets? Yeah. Yeah, because there's no recreate, features or anything on it. Recreate this sexual act, but it's okay because it's an auction and we're mm. doing it for art. That was the one time I saw him being proud. The <clears throat> uncle. The uncle genuinely looks proud when that scene is going on. And it's maybe the happiest he looks. And it's just... <laughs> and it's just See, like, did you that think is about so... this movie from his perspective? I, I, saw, I, no, I, just, I saw it and I was like, he's proud of her. And it is so off-putting. <laughs> I'm and like, just the man who likes rich mahogany <laughs> sex dolls. And like the, the the uncle is a fascinating character because he's both he's got such weird quirks about him. Like for example, the first time you see him, black tongue. And like, well, is he evil? And then it's like the yeah. ink. And like, well, that's my, just to establish he's lecherous yeah. and creepy my, and oozy. Yeah. And, my yeah. girlfriend had no idea that he like where'd that black tongue from come from? Like what what like what kind of poison is he having? Yeah, it's it like, it's the ink. He has been licking the ink for so many years that's now stuck on him. Yeah, the ink that's being used to write the books, not at all. So, wow. Yeah, not yeah. at all, yeah. all yeah. symbolically. The, it was like, and then the aunt, you think for a second, uh, the uh, Hideku's aunt, you think for a second when she saves her from her from that horrible uh, maid, yeah. you think, oh, she's lovely. And then she just starts to get really creepy about how her mom was prettier than her because she was older and so like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Do, well, well, do you think I'm pretty? That's repeated again. You get yeah, a nice by, sense of repetition yeah. with Hideku. And, like, it, it works really, really well because you have this idea of performance and, like, mm. just reclaiming it and trying yeah. to make it theirs. And it's funny that you said um, everyone's hiding who they really are. The film ends with the two girls hiding who they really are to get away yeah. from the count and the uncle. Is a Japanese yeah. yeah. Um, is it just me or did Hideku seem more convincing when she took off the mustache? Maybe that was just me. No. Well, fake mustaches yeah, always fake look... Yeah, fake. Look very fake. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> she looked like a vaudeville performer when she ended on. And when she yeah, that's off, the time. Yeah. <laughs> vaudeville performers need to travel too. Thank you very much. I just think it was very unconvincing how that much hair was able to go into that little you know, <laughs> yeah. wig. That's all I'm going to say. But also because whatever 
where they had her hair tied up it looked like she cut it like you could see like sort of little frayed bits at the back of her neck and then it's like oh she still has all her hair what i thought was really funny was you know when she has her hair done up and uh, like incredibly during the during the readings, readings where she's yeah. got like the jane white yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Kind of, like, my girl my my girlfriend could not jane believe not, and this is the girliest she's ever been she's like i can't believe that when she takes one thing out all that goes yeah. down i was like hey Maybe it was that well done. You, it was being look, just held up by one thing. Carefully, the movie's constructed, and you're, you're, that's your break point. My girlfriend, yeah, she was just like, that was the girliest. It's the girliest thing one. she's ever seen. She was like, it's the girliest t- she's ever been. She's not a very like a girly girl, like with hair and and makeup, kind of just being silly, uh, silly things. And she just goes, that's. I don't believe that. I don't believe no, but, that that's... No, but that's true, I think, because to get your hair like that, you'd have to like either blow dry it or put a shitload of hairspray on it. And I'm yeah. not sure either of those things were available Existed. at the time. But. Yes. Sorry, we've really that, veered. A, I'm sorry, I'm totally veered. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there there are other very unrealistic aspects of this too, but... But, but I mean, about the hair. By the style. Mm. Yeah, the hair is the one that really broke us. I, I, <laughs> I, like, I like the thing as well about... Every, every, not everyone. Every, I mean, everyone, everyone in this movie is a villain. Some of them are heroes and villains. There, there, there's, there's this very strong... Do you um, say the uncle. No, <laughs> I was saying the uncle I was, is the hero. I was saying time. he's he, well. He I, is I the knight. I said earlier that he's the hero in his own story. But so was, well. no, so was I, the emperor. What I what I, what I what I meant more is is that Hideko and, and uh, Sumi are both kind of duplicitous, like throughout, but in the context of 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 where they've been placed, mm. it, like like it, it, it would it would be more wrong. For them to 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 accept their place in society, mm. it's 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 like the the escape from this oh, yeah. um, uh, structure requires them to to lie and to steal and to and do to, yeah. 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 And, to, and to kill. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, you're and acting to, as if like a Park Chan Wook film having moral ambiguity is a surprise. It's always so clear cut. That's what I'm saying. I'm I'm I'm. Um, I really like it because it's um, it's interesting and it makes it makes it makes you think about like moral systems and and whether whether you believe in absolutes and is something wrong um, irregardless of, of circumstances. Of circumstances. Mm. Situation. Are, are are you a complete consequentialist or where is the nuance? Utilitarianism, Dan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I don't think they're morally ambiguous at all. Not like the two women, anyway. Because that's like Hideko's making off with her own money. It's her fortune. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she's just doing what she has to to get it. And she's like, saving it. Yeah, like at the end, it would have been very easy for her to kill the count, but she doesn't. She, she just she, knocks him out. She knocks him out and surrenders him for torture. Ah, uh, yeah, but. <laughs> I know he deserves it. <laughs> and like, she did know that was going to happen. Like, not, she was told what would happen. I'm not going to like adopt the Andrew sort of situational ethics where the uncle is the hero of his own story with the kid. <laughs> <laughs> like, his last act before he's drugged and taken mm-hmm. off to be tortured is trying yeah. to rape Hideku like to be absolutely clear yeah. on this you, Hideku sorry the count gets exactly what's coming what happened to mm-hmm. George Hook to happen to you and you'll be taken off the podcast <laughs> yeah. I'll, I, but yeah. don't worry I'll be rescheduled onto a weekend supplementary yeah, you'll just podcast. get like a paid is that actually what, yeah. and a slightly less prominent time slot yeah Did that actually, is that what actually is that's happened. how it's concluded what yeah. is that how it's concluded the George Hook yeah. good god yes yeah. okay in time honoured Irish fashion yeah a break to another parish to another another diocese we won't condemn him we'll just kill his career no, no, we won't kill his career. That is the problem. But yeah. anyway, um, 
That was a tangent. <laughs> it was a tangent. But, I, but I, I, the, count, the count gets exactly what he deserves, but I think it's entirely fair to say that Hideko and Sunki are aware of exactly what's going on. Oh, they, they, they know. It's not like they drug him and escape him and leave him. It's like, no, they, they, they even inform the uncle and make sure that he gets taken to the basement where his fingers mm-hmm. are chopped off. He will have a nail driven through his hand and will possibly be castrated. To be fair, Hideku at (laughs) no point, Hideku at no point makes it out that she's a good person. She is Mm -hmm. like, like the cards on the table with her and the count. But she sees through the count in like a, like a second. That's why I love that part where he's just like, I will marry you and take you away from here. And he's just like, like, if it was that easy, I would have done it. (laughs) 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 Yeah, how hard I worked. Yeah, it's like, no. (laughs) You know, it's it's more complicated than this. Because she's the one who says, like, send me the maid. Yeah. Send me someone, like, I can use as a demon. Like, she clearly, it didn't even take time. Like, because I remember, it's like, okay, who comes up with the idea for the maid? And then I saw I saw the film a second time, and it was like, okay, so Hideku. She's Hold on, she came up with that, like, straight I away. I that wasn't impromptu, like, oh my no, god, No, but that's what I thought was so, it was like, holy <laughs> she's been really ready. She's been thinking about this. Yeah. yeah. You, you got to spread to hear, like, Hans Zimmer music. Like, as <laughs> oh. it's really better. But it, it did actually, there was a, like, that was the thing during, the second time watching the sex scene, the thing that I noticed was the, um, that, that it did have a very Hans Zimmer sound to it. Did it? I thought it did. It reminded me of the thing I, I like it. I love the soundtrack in this. The soundtrack yeah, is yeah, gorgeous. Very good. Yes. Yeah. I mean, there, there's just, there's so much to recommend about this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And on, on, on that note, is there anything bad? Can anyone think of anything bad? Well, I mean, I mean I'm, I'm always tough when I can doing this. I can't, I can't, I, it's very hard for me to, unless it's really obvious. Well, I mean, it's stuff that, stuff that I mentioned at the start where I'm, I'm not entirely sure, but I, we, you're you know, not sure you're comfortable. I'm not sure I'm comfortable with it. Um, but now that question of like straddling the male gaze, is it possible to deconstruct the male's gaze without indulging? If a woman had done this film and had still, like if you didn't, like if if it had been a woman who directed, but the film was exactly the same. There's a question. I'm not entirely sure. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like, like, does the woman then have to be gay so that she knows? How how do you feel about straddling? Like Kevin Smith, for example, Kevin Smith on another thing, he did Chasing Amy. And that's, that has lesbian scenes in it. And I think Chasing, Chasing Amy, Amy has significant very... issues, yes. Yeah, oh, yeah, no, yeah, but... I think Chasing Amy is actually a lot better than people give it credit for. Oh, it is. I, like, I love that, it. There's that whole speech in the middle where she actually full-on lectures him for being a f***ing creep. Yeah. Like, and yeah. calls it out in a way that probably went over a lot of people's heads. But, no, I mean, I, I don't think it's necessarily always a case of just replacing a male director with a mm. female director. No. It's just the way that, that they're shot and framed and everything else. Like, Wonder Woman was very good at this because, like, you know, she had... She has her outfit, which James Cameron finds objectionable and everything else. And it's like, no, because she's not being used to, like, stand there and, like, pout and, like, yeah. pose. That impossible. Yeah, she's the, just... the spine bending with yeah, the... Yeah, exactly. Like, there's no kind of, the like, leering shots. Yeah. And, or the Tomb Raider poster yeah. where Alicia Vikander has a raptor neck. Oh, God, that's really... Yeah. yeah. That's okay. <laughs> it's just, but no. it's just, like, is there any... Like, has anyone actually thought of any flaws, like... It's a personal thing, but I generally don't like lesbians. Certain, certain, no, <laughs> 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 there's something about them. They, 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 don't, they rub me on the wrong. Right no, um, cer- certain kinds of, I, I, I would have to rewatch the movie, but I generally don't like certain kinds of wipes or freeze frames. Oh, like, 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 okay, like yeah. the, you, you know the end of of. Where there's the thing with Joe Pesci. Like, I really don't like the great, that. The great train robbery sequence. Where yeah, yeah. Yeah. Where, yeah. And, and, and this happens towards and, the end of this film. I remember in, in, in 
like like if I have to decide what's my favorite TV show of all time, it's like there is that wipe in in one series of The Sopranos <laughs> where where it just wipes from like kind of left to right or something, or it mm. slows down and it's like what what show is this? <laughs> um, um, and, How do you feel about wipes when it comes to Star Wars? Yeah, Star Wipes. How are Star Wipes? Star Wipes. I um I think on record of saying that I don't. Uh, I'm not. You're not a Star Wars fan, uh, and Star Wars may be a large part of that. Yeah. I think I, actually, to be fair, you have said that when we watched Star Wars. Your first response was, "I really don't like the wipes." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How were you on baby wipes? <laughs> More, please. <laughs> yeah. I, but you I mean so you're talking sort of the new ones. You're talking like scenes yeah. where the count is. is you don't like the film transitions. Yes. Yeah. No, it, it was um, a bit clumsy for you. I liked it. Uh, like, like what, what, what. I think what I've said is I'd have to watch it again and see how do I feel about it was when they were on there's 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 editing points where it's shooting between the love scene and the boat and yeah, the torture yeah and no dying. okay yeah the... and, and I'm wondering kind of because because it, it was done very well do it, I, 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 I would have to watch it like kind of over again a few times to decide. So it like, seems like four right, or five. Right. It's gone from three times to four or five now. I like the, 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 the more also, things about it, the yeah. more viewing. I, I like the fact that you, you made a point to sing about the love scene as well. Is where we're going. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew would have to watch that. I'll have to watch it at again. least 16 times. <laughs> uh, no, um, I wasn't sure. It had, like, I'm not. I'm. I, I. I. Generally, in movies, I don't like when 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 there's that specific type of editing where there's freeze frames and <laughs> strange cuts. And, you know, oh, yeah. but I actually I really un, like un, 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 unless it's the Breakfast Club. Okay, because right? right. <laughs> <laughs> that's a kind of Pizza like camp quality. Yeah. I feel like uh, when 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 you have a very serious movie sometimes so. and and you you edit it or like wipe or do certain things in a certain way. It, 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 it kind of takes away from it yeah it like uh, lowers the tone or something I okay, so does the handmaiden pass the breakfast club bottom <laughs> that's what that, that's what I'm not sure that's my one reservation that, okay. no. which, is, which the, is a very niggly thing I like, love the editing I absolutely love the non-linear editing of stuff where conversations well, generally past do. and present it's mm. that particular kind that, of that one bit at the end where the yeah. count is doped up on mercury and probably hallucinating yeah <laughs> um, and like I think that's a very accurate reflection of the state of mind and like, I, yeah I was I was also wondering kind of like there, there's there's these shots of 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 the count where where it's um like to what extent is this kind of like a um sympathetic kind of goodbye to the, to, <laughs> the count. To, to, it is to, true to, he to does come across as kind of yeah. like oh he's gonna die now oh yeah. but at least he's dying with his cock that is important the black it's, humor of the yeah, whole thing yeah. where he's just like oh well I'm dead, but at least yeah. it's not going in a jar on this wall. That's yeah, fair. Exactly. Yeah. Like even even more. Than I don't think you're sitting there going, "Oh God, like I feel terrible for the yeah. I think the film is quite open. And I felt kind of bad for the count at that uncle. point. Really? I'm gonna be honest. Really? Oh, the lesser, he's the lesser of the two evils, definitely. It does seem they're, like they're both like, pretty yeah, evil. No, I'm not saying he's not and evil. Again, right before this happens, he tried to rape. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, just work here. Okay. But it's just at that point, it's like it's it's just like. Oh no! I mean, he's gonna die, but like. Well, really, Earth but he dies the... by his own turn. Exactly, yeah. I kind of liked that he died yeah, by his own turn instead, and also he took out the count. I'm oh, yeah. sorry, the uncle. So. Yeah. What I, I quite liked was the the scientific wedgie 
that went on where it was like I, I could have carefully cut the underwear so that I can pull it out. Yeah, you can I, clearly I, tell he's done that a lot. When the count is having his his fingers cut off and he's like one, <laughs> two. Yeah. Also, he, he took that like a champ. I have to say, he took that like a champ. No yeah. screaming for him. It's implied that he's, he I don't think he opium. Just, like, oh. that's what the three cigarettes were. He rolls the cigarettes with opium. Oh, so that's why okay. Opium. I didn't know that was what the white ones I did. I why nobody noticed that the guys who were in the car filled with smoke with him weren't a little dozy after. Yeah. yeah, there we go. There's the two. They do roll down the windows. Like, they do. So. <laughs> but yeah, one imagines though. I thought he was going to give one of the two. Yeah. Out, I thought like, he was going to give the, the, each of the cigarettes to <laughs> the lads. <laughs> I was like, uh, you know, one last time before I imagine I'm going to be tortured and killed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We should share this. We should share this moment. Because what I thought was really cool was the, like the fact that when these guys have been sent to get the count, and this is purely an aesthetic thing, the guys, the one of the, the suspender socks. No, the sa- they look like samurai. Just oh, like shut yeah. up and just go and he puts the sword down and he just lifts it up slightly and it's just like That's ah. what money gets. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I liked yeah. that. I was just money like money hires themed goons. Yeah. Like, you don't know, got regular goons. We we, we have like this is like guns are clearly around, but no, we're gonna go with a what samurai the, source. Yeah, the, the uncle fetishized Japanese culture. Yeah. Japanese yeah. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, I really I really yeah. like that simply for the pure I, aesthetic of it. It was yeah. this it was the suspender socks on the count that really took me. <laughs> I have never seen them in real life. I always see them in movies and I feel a little bit jealous every time. What is the point of that? Just put a last stick at the top of your socks yeah also how do people feel about the um the guy who had to carry the count oh and his ah, poor guy when he was young where's his on time i hope it wasn't the same guy oh i feel like it is you feel <laughs> i feel like it is the same guy humorous yeah it was dirty humorous idea of like the, ar- the aristocrat yeah. 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 yeah like and even at the funeral even at the aunt's funeral he's there off to the side and the guy's back like, like, sir, can we go now? No, I, I always loved my, uh, my uh, sister-in-law. She can... I'm going to stay here for an hour or two. I'm, I'm never <laughs> sure whether to stand or sit at funerals, so we're going to do both. I feel like we should keep this tree to commemorate her, but also... <laughs> to scare the sh- out of my little... <laughs> it really ties the it garden. It was also very hey, expensive. Yes. It was yeah. very pretty. It's still a very pretty tree. Yeah. 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 You can't take that away from us. And I do also, while we're talking about like psychogeography and the layout of the place, I like that the movie ends with the open sea. Yes. Yeah. And you have this, and you have this, even the, the bit where the, the expanse, count... The unknown. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and then the Sorry. potential, and the count, when he's hallucinating with the mercury, mm. he imagines himself on the lake as well. That, so that you get that sort of variation of water and freedom. Yeah. That's yeah. something that kind of took me out of it, but then again... Uh, maybe it adds a a kind of a dreamy quality to it is the sort of and maybe it wasn't green screen because a lot of people said about La La Land oh I hate that green screen sunset uh, um, in it where where it turns out it was an actual sunset um, they, but but the when when they're on the boat there it, it that it, did it, seem it a little did, green screen yeah it seemed a little kind of and that, that took me out of as well. Yeah, the little, boat on the, the lake or the ship? The ship. On the ship. The ship. Yeah. Right. But the, 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 you know when they're both at the side of it? It speaks oh, yeah. to the strength of this movie that the problems I have with that it... That even are, the lights are, are, and the green screen <laughs> are so <laughs> kind of, Andrew's experience. Yeah, but, but, but that the only reservations I'd have are these very kind of... Yeah, Minute yeah, things yeah, you can get over like with. The, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, exactly. with that in mind, is there anything else anybody else would like to talk about with regards to the movie? Anything else that we missed or you sort of want There's to There's one very technical flaw in the lovemaking scenes but I'm not sure how 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 it's so okay <laughs> how that's... explicit we want to get here no so. no it is. as explicit as the film I think yeah um, not that no you know what I mean okay don't do well, that Darren this is something that just the took 250 after dark yes like where like the love scenes are all lovely and tender and then you have like the scissoring scene and you're just like 
That's what I was. I, I, I was wondering the same thing. I was like, why did? Why is that? Like every lesbian in the place just went, oh, he just lost me. We were doing so well, and then no. Yeah, that, that, that I don't want to. I don't want to ask a question just because. Well, that was the kind of thing where I was wondering if it was that like correct. That's, no, one of the parts of the scene where I was like, this is still a man's work in some way because mm-hmm. yeah. You know. Just in case you were getting too into it, it's like, oh no, wait, it's not infallible. Yeah, but it's but also yeah. it, it's. I don't know much about lesbians. No, do I? Uh, to be absolutely clear on this, but yeah, the, the scissoring seemed very. Like you could imagine a conventional sex. Use, use a word. Yeah, thank you. Use a word. Use thank the you. words. I will use a word. Um, yeah, so I won't just leave it dangling. You got to remember, this is a podcast. We can't have dead air. Dead air. <laughs> oh no, worry. I added the pause out. So. so we'll just have a weird sentence where I say you very authoritative. He's going to edit, edit in like a very sensitive on the topic of scissoring. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, no, that, that was one of the aspects yeah. of it. But... Like, Grace, is that something that took you out of the film, then? Yeah. Like, would that be, like, because this... Because, uh, again, like, where men we wouldn't know. That, does that actually happen? Have you never scissored, no. Grace? I've never scissored. <laughs> Listen, I'm not that adventurous. <laughs> okay. there's, there's this whole thing, and have any of you ever watched Orange is the New Black? No. no. There's no. this whole part, I can't remember which season it is, but there's a flashback to one of the characters, like, in their, like, their younger self, and it's this whole explicit thing where she's just like, I told you scissoring wasn't a thing, and it's like, yeah, <laughs> this that, is your moment, that, pop culture, like, yeah. wake that, up. That was, I think, the whole joke in the, uh, in the Mr. Garrison, uh, oh, where he's uh, a lesbian? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and there, there there's like this is the, the this is Sparta episode is scissoring scene so it, it's it, it like well I, I mean maybe part of the joke is beyond me but it's just like the the ludicrousness of it it's no. like this is how we're going to portray it in the most ridiculous ridiculous yeah. uh, yeah. on the top way possible yeah. that looks good visually to a that's that's what when I say the male gaze like that it looks. Yeah appealing it, visually to a man who recognises what sex, heterosexual sex so much so that when I said that I really liked this film and I told a, I told a fellow critic because uh, he hadn't seen this he got a screener then and I said like this is one of the best films I've seen of the year this was back in like you know April when it came yeah, April, yeah. oh no because I, I saw it before then right. I saw it before then and I was lucky enough to see it fairly early Bragging. Yeah, well, look not at you just because I saw Graham you know, just because just because also the killing of a sacred deer on the same day like when I said to him that and then a couple a couple days ago he got back to me about the film when we were at a screening he goes yeah Graham I thought it was okay like it's good uh, and there's a guy beside him and he goes the only reason you liked it was because of all the shagging and I feel kind of bad. That's the because there's a set, there's a kind of sense of oh, if you say you love this film and you're a man, that you're only loving it because there are lesbian scenes in it that are yeah, quite is, that are quite is, captivating in that. This is back to me, kind of you know, this, it's, it's it's annoying. It's the two fifty full circle uh, we've come around here. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, it it is uh, in 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 reference to the broad appeal, and I I, I think that. The scissoring was also a. You like the pun he made. You like the unintentional pun. It was, is there it a was, hand movement? Oh, Many people don't know what a scissors looks like. <laughs> Andrew is explaining it's it. Beaten by a rock. Uh, the, 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 uh, it was thematic foreshadowing uh, for the scissors at the end of the movie. Oh. 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 He's found a way yeah. to artistically express <laughs> yeah. the, the merits of that particular yeah. scene. Scissoring works for women, okay. does not work for men. No, uh, scissoring doesn't work. For I know. Women. I know. Scissoring it was a doesn't joke. work for anybody. It, it works for men more than it works for women. Is the point of the anyway? Unless the scissors <laughs> is being used to <laughs> yeah. remove your manhood. Yeah. Oh. All right. 
Well, so with that in mind, then. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> Here we I, feel, I feel like there is no way that we can like go up or improve from on, on that conversation. <laughs> um, is there anything else that jumped out at anybody about this? Is there anything else that we sort of you feel that we haven't talked about with regards to? Can't really think of anything. I think we've covered. Yeah, I feel like we could talk in detail about a lot of different scenes from a very yeah. artistic perspective, and you know how poetic it all seems and beautiful and seamless yeah. together. But yeah, it's how there's only so many ways to say it's just gorgeous. Yeah, it is. There's only so much. There's like, only so much you can recommend without just yeah. saying just watch it. Yeah. There's yeah. also so many ways in which I can be glib and irreverent <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and I ruin everyone's very uh, earnest yeah. like it's so beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And cut through the beauty of this movie with, <laughs> with the with, scissors? With my child With the scissors? Um, with your safety kind of, scissors. Yeah. yeah. Ooh. Hi-oh. And, there, and there's many more puns that Darren can make. <laughs> but, I, don't, uh, I think you're doing spectacularly with the puns without <laughs> even realising it the broad the broad you know the broad oh, yeah. appreciation yeah. alright so in terms of people listening to this podcast um, you can follow 250 at the 250 you can follow me at Darren Scormony Andrew at Aquin Uqua A-Q-U-I-N-N-I-U-Q-A but in well terms done. of Graham yeah. and, and Grace if people are listening to this podcast they want more Graham and Grace <laughs> Uh, but we're not we're not we're not a team. You've pitched a great podcast there, Graham and Grace. <laughs> yeah. I mean come on, it writes itself. That is yeah. literatively pleasing. Yeah. It is. Yeah. You have the GRA sound on both. Exactly. Yep, yep, yep. Like we're gonna be honest, the, the reason you two are guests on this podcast is because we're doing it alphabetically and it was like we need, <laughs> we need to breathe through these. I'm quick. Paul. Also our names both our, our surnames are both the D. Street theme. what's your surname? Day. Day. So then we have the same amount of syllables then too. Yeah. It's just we could totally do something with that. Revealing. <laughs> where can we find you guys online? So Graham, where can we find uh, I'm on Twitter at Graham Geek Era. Uh, I'm on Speaking Geek. That's my podcast where I talk about everything from books, comics, to TV, to films sometimes. Uh, I'm at Scanon. Uh, everyone knows Scanon. Uh, but if you don't, why don't you? Uh, <laughs> and uh, that's a great way to win over listeners by the way it's like it's gone on a great site run by Niall Murphy he's a fantastic guy and then I have my gaming website uh, Game Air very clever uh, thank you that's not don't do that because you know Niall came up with that name not me it's still very it is no it is highly clever but I can't take I, I can't take credit for it therefore don't acknowledge it's cleverness oh no I live, I live for it. international listeners oh by the way how do you spell Game Air ah G-A-M-E-I-R and it's the same on Twitter. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Grace, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at Pixie Grace, and that's about lovely. It. Um, I yeah, I, I write uh, kind of freelance miscellaneously here and there. For most recently, mainly for the Mary Sue, but um, the Twitter is the the central hub, as it were. So. It's where you so can find all the information. Yes, I, I have much fewer credits to my name than Graham, unfortunately. It's not. <laughs> most of us have much fewer credits to our names just, than just I am running myself ragged with all the stuff that I do. To be, to be absolutely clear, the two least qualified people in this podcast are the hosts. Like, <laughs> like, we have a guest who has an MA in film, uh, and we have like the guy who writes everything about it. Not write everything. Yeah, I know. Sometimes you have to outsource them. Yeah. <laughs> and stuff. Yeah, I just, I, 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 I like everything. Yeah. Except country music. I don't like country music. Either. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate some of it ironically. Yeah, and, and, and I have uh, developed a um, an unironic appreciation for certain um, and, and elements of country music from from Taylor Swift. From, no, from 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 spending a summer in the United States and being forced to listen to it. <laughs> it's, it's like yeah, the Stockholm. That sounds like you were inducted into a cult. 
Yeah, well, you've seen well, the movie Red there, State, right? There, yeah, there yeah. was also a time when I was inducted into a cult. But oh, <laughs> but listeners, but that, that, that's, that'll be for another episode. Everything that's, makes sense. That's, <laughs> that's for part two. <laughs> well, with that in mind, then take it easy, guys. Uh, the two fifty will be back next week. Thanks again, Graham and Grace. It's been an absolute pleasure. I'm waiting. Good afternoon. Can see. <laughs> it's okay. Andrew is still scissoring. Um, <laughs> bye. Bye. bye.